is that really in the Bible? You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Well, hello, I'm David Freeman with Is That Really in the Bible? Is it true that when you die, you immediately go to heaven? Now, basically, if that comforts you, then let it comfort you. You know, the difference between what I believe and what most people believe is simply this. Most people believe, most religious people believe that when you die, you immediately go to be with the Lord. I, on the other hand, believe that when you die, you're dead and you're in the grave asleep, oblivious to the passage of time until Christ returns and resurrects the dead. But the difference between the two is not that much. I mean, it's just a time element. You believe you immediately go to be with the Lord when you die. I believe there's a time period when at the resurrection where we're in the grave and that we will all be resurrected together to be with the Lord. So there's not a whole lot of difference between the two. Now, I know a lot of people, this, this brings them comfort. They, they just, I had this one woman said that if I thought my son was in the grave, I would go dig him up. You know, a lot of, a lot of misconceptions about what the state of the dead is. And, uh, but, but the idea of immediately being with the Lord comforts a lot of people. But what does the Bible really say? That's, I guess that's the real question. That's what's really important. What's, what's not important is our opinions about the Bible, what we think, what we've been told, what we've been told by our preacher. What's really important is what does the Bible really say? Uh, the concept of going to heaven immediately when you die does have its faults, by the way. I'm reminded of a woman who was married to a, uh, a minister and uh, a good man, and he passed away, and later on in life she got remarried. But in her new relationship with her new husband, they had basically a dysfunctional sexual relationship because when she would make love to her new husband, she would imagine that her former husband, the minister that was now in heaven, was looking down upon them, watching everything. So, uh, you know, you, you got to realize, okay, our concepts, when we take our concepts and say, okay, everybody's up in heaven, they're watching everything that goes on, we have to realize that there are consequences there that in some cases can really wreck people's lives because of their belief system. So my question is, what's really in your Bible? Let's start by turning to John 3 and verse 13 and notice a statement out of, from the words of Jesus, words in red here. Jesus said, and no man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the son of man, which is in heaven. Now, this is a huge contrast between, a contrast between the, the, the popular belief that when you die, you immediately go to heaven. I mean, here we've got it right out of the mouth of Jesus. Jesus telling us no man has ascended to heaven. I mean, that, that should be red flashing lights and warning signs right there, like the warning sign that comes on on your car when you're driving down the road, you know, check engine or whatever. Uh, when, when Jesus says, okay, no man has ascended to heaven, you know, would Jesus' words lead anyone 
to believe that you immediately go to heaven when you die? Well, no. I mean, he says here, and no man has ascended to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. Now, I know if you ask a preacher about this, basically he's going to say, well, that, that's true. No man has ascended to heaven, but their souls are in heaven. And there again, that's, that's, a, that's a weird idea right there, the concept of disembodied souls in heaven, souls without bodies, you know, in search of a body, I guess. Uh, I don't know what a disembodied soul looks like. It may be like the blob, and there used to be a movie, a horror movie called The Blob, and it would sort of ooze underneath the door. Maybe that's what a disembodied soul looks like, the blob, but uh, just kidding, but... You know, I'm just trying to imagine what a disembodied soul would look like. But anyway, the concept is that, well, no, the man himself is not in heaven, but his soul is up in heaven. That's basically how a preacher would explain this verse to you. But let's consider some verses in the Bible. The Apostle Peter. The Apostle Peter said that King David, a man after God's own heart, went to heaven. Is that true? The Apostle Peter said that David, a man after God's own heart. Now, he had to go to heaven if he's after God's own heart, right? Okay. Immediately went to heaven. Well, let's take a look at what the Bible says. Acts 2 and verse 29. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he says himself, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. Now, okay, for David is not ascended into the heavens. Now, let, let's, let us rethink this teaching that I've heard all of my entire life that when you die, you immediately go to heaven. Uh, let's check out another one. The scriptures teach that such faithful men as and women as Noah and Abraham, Sarah, Joseph, Moses, and Rahab went to heaven as their reward. Okay, the, the, all right, the scripture teaches that these faithful people like Abraham, Sarah, Rahab, uh, Moses, they all went to heaven when they died. All right, let's take a look at Hebrews 11 and verse 39. And these, speaking of the list I just named, all have obtained a good report through faith, receive not the promise. Well, what promise? Well, what promise do you think? The promise of the kingdom of God, the promise of heaven on the, the promise of heaven, the promise of eternal life. All these died in faith, not having received the promise. Let's continue on. Hebrews 11 and verse 40. God having provided some better thing for us that they, without us, should not be made perfect. What does that mean when it says they without us should not be made perfect? Well, it's talking about a future resurrection of the dead. When we all achieve together this perfection, this glorified body, when we all receive together a resurrection, that's what that's talking about when this verse in Hebrews says, God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Now, what exactly is the state of the dead? Does the Bible tell us what happens when we die? Does the Bible cover this subject? I mean, I want to know what happens to me when I die. Well, let's take a look at Ecclesiastes 9 and verse 5. For the living know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything. 
neither have they any more a reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. So what is this talking about? What well, it's talking about a, a temporary period of time when you are in the grave, asleep, oblivious to the passage of time. It's referred to as death. While one is, is in the grave, while one is in the grave, the dead don't know anything. Psalms 13 and verse 3. Consider and hear me, O Lord, my God. Lighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. What is this sleep of death? You know, a lot of preachers will say, well, that's soul sleeping. Well, okay, but the Bible refers to death as the sleep of death. Is this a reference to disembodied souls in heaven, the sleep of death? No, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. Daniel 12 and verse 2. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Death, again, is referred to as sleep, as those that are asleep in the earth. Well, let's notice 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. Now, do you know, do you have family members who are asleep? Now, no, I'm not talking about they're on the couch asleep and you need to go wake them up. And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about do you have loved ones that are dead? They have they are sleeping the sleep of death. All right, all right, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning these people, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, notice if we believe that Christ was resurrected from the dead, that he died and rose again after three days and three nights, even so them also which sleep in Jesus, those that sleep in Jesus, will God bring with him. Now what does it mean to be uh, mean to be asleep, to sleep in Jesus. What does it mean to sleep in Jesus? Well, obviously it's a, refer, a reference to death, uh, oblivious to the passage of time. You know, when you die, the clock of life stops. At the resurrection, the clock of life stops, starts back up again. All right, asleep. If you've ever been put to sleep for an operation, you'll know what it's like to have, to, to have the sleep of death, oblivious to the passage of time. Notice 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 15. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. In other words, we who are alive on the day the Lord comes will not go ahead of those who have died. That's what this verse means. Now what is implied is a resurrection, a great resurrection from the dead is what is implied here. Next verse, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Now, who are the dead in Christ? Where are they at when Christ returns? Well, this verse says, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with a voice of the archangel, and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. A, a, a picture of rising from the grave. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. We are going to be together with the Lord forever. But where? In heaven? Well, I'm going to come back and answer that question toward the end of this program. Where will we be with the Lord? All right. 
John 5 and verse 28, looking at the resurrection here, it says, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming, in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice. Now why? Why, why did Jesus say this? All that are in the grave shall hear his voice. But because they're asleep in the grave. They're, that's where they're at. They're in the grave, awaiting the resurrection. And shall come forth, they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation or judgment. Now, I want to look at a set of scriptures here that really tells us a lot. And it's, it's a rep repeated phrase uh, from Jesus where he says, but I will raise it up again at the last day. Or I will raise him up again at the last day. This is a phrase repeated again and again and again. I just want to look at these verses. John 6 and verse 39. And this is the Father which has sent me, that all which he has given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. So what is Jesus talking about? All that the Father has sent me, all the saints, all the elect of God, all those that God has called now, I'm going to raise them up at the last day. What is that talking about? Okay, John 6 and verse 40. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which sees the Son and believes on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Why is this repeated phrase from Jesus, I will raise him up at the last day, I will raise him up at the last day. What is this talking about? Well, it's talking about a resurrection from the dead. John 6 and verse 44. No man can come to me except the Father which sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. So there's a period of time called the, at the last days when Christ is going to resurrect people. All right. John 6 and verse 54. Whosoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. And the last verse is uh, John 11 and verse 24. Martha said to him, speaking of her brother, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. So we have this just continuous repeated phrase here, at the last day, at the last day. I will raise him up at the last day. And the last day is a reference to the resurrection of from the dead. In Acts 24 and verse 15 says, And have hope toward God, which they themselves also allow, that there shall be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. Okay, there's going to be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. Now, the only promise Christ ever gave of living again was by a resurrection from the dead. That's the only promise Christ ever gave of living again. Now, is there any wonder that Jesus also said, no man has ascended to heaven? Now, what happens at the last day? Well, let's take a look at it. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 50. Now, this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump shall sound, 
and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. We are going to be together with the Lord forever. But where? Are we going to be with the Lord in heaven forever? Well, let me ask you this question. Where are the problems at? Are the problems in heaven? No, the problems are right here down on planet Earth. So I imagine that's where Christ is going to return to, right here on Earth, to solve all of our problems. Now let's notice this verse, Revelation 5 and verse 10. And has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. What is this talking about? Well, okay, we're going to reign on the earth. This is talking about a thousand year reign on this earth because this is where all the problems are at on earth. Christ returns and reigns on earth. Now, I want to offer you something here, the coming utopia. It's sort of, it's about training future leaders. It's one of those things this booklet is about. But you need to understand what this coming utopia is, is going to be about. It's going to be 1,000 years of God's government on this earth to straighten out the mess that we have gotten ourselves into by our leaders and by the leaders that we elect to rule over us who make a complete mess of things and are making a complete mess of things. So the coming utopia is a theocracy where God is going to straighten this mess out and bring peace on earth for a thousand years. It's going to be, basically, it's going to be heaven on earth. Would you settle for earth as heaven for your heavenly retirement? Well, I think most of us would. And, of course, eventually there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Well, let's, let's take a look at that. Revelation 21 and verse 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and first earth were passed away, and there were no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice of heaven saying, Behold! The tabernacle of God is with men, and he shall dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. God desires to dwell with man. Wherever man is, God wants to be. But man has to be conformed to God's image first. You have to understand that. God has no desire to dwell with man in our condition right now. Uh, in man's sinful condition. But God does desire to dwell with man, to be with mankind as children of God, born into the family of God forever. And once that occurs, the character of man is changed. You know, we are created in the image of God, literally, when the resurrection takes place. Well, let's conclude with Revelation 21 and verse four. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. You know, this is the world that we all desire. As you get up every morning with your aches and pains and you cut on the news and you read the sob stories and all the stuff that's going on, the stories that bring tears to your eyes of all the pain and suffering that's going on in your world, locally too, not just world news, but local news. It's happening right in your own community. The evil, the rot, the filth, the perversion, the twisted behaviors that are out there. You know, what we want is no more death, but, but we don't want to die anymore. I mean, we all understand that. 
But we want a world free from pain and suffering. And that's why you need to order The Coming Utopia. It will be the best encouragement you've gotten in a long time to understand how God will work it out and to look up the scriptures that talk about this new government, the kingdom of God, this coming utopia that's going to be on this earth for a thousand years. I'm David Freeman, and that's what's really in your Bible. Man has the intellectual capacity to design spaceships to take him to the moon and back, to invent the computer, and to do other marvelous exploits in the physical, material realm. Yet during man's nearly 6,000 years on Earth, he has proved that he cannot solve his problems with fellow men. Through the ages, man has tried to bring about a utopian paradise by every conceivable means, yet without success. He has attempted to live by every imaginable type of government. He has even tried living without any government at all. Absolute anarchy. All of them have failed miserably. Why has this been so? Jesus Christ is going to return to set up his kingdom on this earth. And right now, God is in the process of training future leaders that will teach true education. But what is true education? Find out by ordering The Coming Utopia. In this publication, you will learn of God's system for re-educating society. Order by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. If you would like a free DVD recording of this program that you can share with friends and loved ones, write to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. And be sure to mention the title of this program, this program has been paid for by the tithes and offerings of the Church of God Rocky Mount and friends of this ministry. If you have been challenged by listening to this program, then consider that a great blessing. You can visit us on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.net. It is the support of people like you that make this ministry possible. If you have been blessed by this understanding given to you today, then consider making a donation by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount. 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. For more information, check us out online at isthatreallyinthebible.net. Listen to the podcast, watch the weekly program, Worship with us on our weekly Sabbath service. And be sure to visit our free bookstore. Again, the website is isthatreallyinthebible.net. Man has the intellectual capacity to design spaceships to take him to the moon and back, to invent the computer, and to do other marvelous exploits in the physical, material realm. Yet during man's nearly 6,000 years on Earth, 
he has proved that he cannot solve his problems with fellow men. Through the ages, man has tried to bring about a utopian paradise by every conceivable means, yet without success. He has attempted to live by every imaginable type of government. He has even tried living without any government at all, absolute anarchy. All of them have failed miserably. Why has this been so? Jesus Christ is going to return to set up his kingdom on this earth. And right now, God is in the process of training future leaders that will teach true education. But what is true education? Find out by ordering The Coming Utopia. In this publication, you will learn of God's system for re-educating society. Order by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151.